You are listening to episode 169 of the FitzPro podcast, and today we are talking about daily warm-ups, movement prep, and warm-up versus working sets. What should be involved in these? Um, who are they for? When should you implement them? And really just diving into each one of them separately. I think that this is something that is missing in a lot of programs. It is certainly not missing in my one-on-one or Built by Annie programming. I teach all of these things and what they should look like inside my pure programming course. So I love talking about these things. Um, Hopefully this is not boring for you. If you are a trainee, this is going to be something that you can implement and think about immediately. And likewise, if you are a coach. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller. Certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average Fitzbo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitzpro. So soon enough, we will get into why we do not want to just show up to the gym and start aggressively lifting weights or conditioning without any kind of preparation for our body, what the daily warm-up is for, why we do movement prep, what that is, what it should involve, as well as warm-up sets, and again, just prepping your body for the work that you are about to do in the gym. But first, I would like to thank Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. If you are in the market for adding supplements into to whatever you already intake in your dietary habits. I highly recommend Legion, whether you're using them to just make your life easier, to get more protein in, to try out creatine, to optimize recovery on top of whatever you're already doing. I highly recommend Legion beyond the supplements themselves, just being good, tasting good. I love that they are scientifically backed and a lot of companies claim that, but you actually see it on Legion's site when you can click on an individual product and see the 100% formula transparency of their dosages, of their ingredients that they use via the scientific literature that's linked, really easy to access, really easy to understand underneath each product. If you are skeptical, I 100% understand. I didn't use supplements for years because I just didn't really understand them and I didn't trust companies. Um, You can trust Legion, but if you are skeptical... I fully understand they have 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. So you can literally try it and then say, "Mm, this wasn't for me and get your money back. So nothing lost there. Um, Go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com and use code Annie at checkout for 20% off your first order. And if you love Legion, but you would like to support me, then you can still use my code and you'll get double Legion reward points. Over the years, I have gotten asked several times about what makes the perfect warm-up or what warm-up should include for a given day, a given day meaning like a leg day, a quad focus day, a glute focus day, upper body pulling, upper body pushing, like what do I need to do in my warm-up? Just as there are infinite possibilities for exercise selection. I posted about this on Instagram recently. The same is true for a warm-up. So it can be very overwhelming to narrow down what exactly is necessary and what is not. But today we are going to not just stop at warm-ups, which to me is like the first thing that you do when you get into the gym. We'll talk about, you know, what makes that up. We are going to go through each individual section of a complete lift and to find what happens in each of those sections, 
and what the intent of those sections are so that you better understand whether you're a trainee or a coach, what belongs in these different areas of a program. First up is your daily warm-up. So I this would be after some kind of blood flow warm-up. So we do want to get blood flowing in the body. We want to raise the body temperature a little bit. Um, and that would be like a five to seven minute, you know, on a cardio machine or jump roping or some kind of uh, general full body movement in order to get the blood flow going. This is normally in some form of cardio. I use a daily warm-up this is after the blood flow warmup for myself and my clients. Perhaps this is because I come from a sports-based background where the same warmup is done before practice, no matter what is happening that day. It's a way to get the body prepared for the exercise that is about to take place. And that's really the main value of a daily warmup, in my opinion. It just touches on each area of the body. It brings familiarity and routine into your training. It sets the pace. And it also allows you to check in with your body and your mind to see how are you doing that day before you head into your main lift, your main sets, whatever is you know planned for the rest of the lift. I want to be clear that, again, that should be after a blood flow warm-up and your daily warm-up is something that would, we'll talk about the fact of what like a full body flow is, but this should not take any longer than five minutes. This should be a quick, you know, you're just touching each joint, you're seeing where your body is at and you're getting ready for your lift. So you would see things like some T-spine mobility, warming up the wrists, a spinal flow of some kind, getting into the end ranges in your hips and your ankles, and dynamically stretching the quads, the hamstrings, the glutes, and any other area of the body that you think is important to stretch on a daily basis. And I say stretch, I'm not talking statically, I'm talking dynamically. More often than not, these are not going to be those static stretches, they're going to be dynamic as we are prepping the body for movement. But if a static stretch is included, which it can be, this is not black and white, whether that static stretch be in the warm-up or in the movement prep, it would be in order to, and I want you to listen to this and hear me very clearly, somebody asked a question about this the other day. The static stretch would be in order to increase the end range that you are going to use that day. So the static stretch would likely be preemptive to some kind of dynamic use of that range of motion. After the daily warm-up, you are then going to move into more specified movement prep, which is exactly why I call it movement prep. So perhaps you had some kind of static stretch in the daily full body warm-up portion, and then you are going to use that increase, that momentary, that short-term increased range of motion in a dynamic way in the movement prep. It's called movement prep because it is prepping the body specifically for the movements being performed that day. So we're gaining specificity through this warm-up process. I don't see a huge need for movement prep necessarily if you are doing more of a body part style split, uh, commonly thought of as like a bodybuilding split. But if you are doing any large compound movements or the nervous system needs to be primed and prepped for any of the exercises that you are doing, I definitely suggest implementing a movement prep within your, you know, between your daily warm up and then moving into your main sets. This is absolutely something that is included, like I said in the intro, in my Built by Annie programming, my one-on-one -on -one programming, and it is taught inside my pure programming course. Movement prep is going to have far less movements involved in comparison to the daily warm-up, where the daily warm-up was a full body flow. Movement prep might have like 
three to five active mobility or core exercises max. Like typically it's, you know, two to three, two to four. And again, these are put in place in order to prime the patterns in the muscle groups that are going to be worked that day. Or it is a place where if there has been an assessment of some kind, or we know that there are common deficiencies or imbalances that people may have if this is a templated program, movement prep is where we can address some of those. Some of those mobility restrictions, some of those strength imbalances, we can begin to work on those in that movement prep section. For example, let's say it is a posterior chain focused day. So maybe it's a deadlift day. We're going to be working the hamstrings, maybe the upper back, the uh, glutes. You might have some glute work ahead of time or some bilateral or unilateral hinging, even some lat and core work in order to draw attention to the muscles that are going to be used for the deadlift and some of that other accessory work. Again, that's three to five exercises, one round, maybe two going through these. This is not like a full huge set that we are doing. For a one-on-one or an individualized program, movement prep would be much more specified to any deficiencies or discrepancies that the client has that you have found through assessment. So it's going to be very specific to that client, but more generally speaking, it's going to prep for the movement ahead if you are doing more templated or non-individualized programming. So you've done your daily warm-up or you've programmed a daily warm-up full body flow, five minutes, you know, three, three to five stretches, dynamic stretches for each area of the body moving through pretty swiftly. It's just a time to, yes, warm up the body, but also get the mind right for your lift. Then you are going to move into movement prep. Again, that should not be longer than five minutes either. So we are fully warmed up within 10 minutes. Then we move into warm up sets. Let us be clear that the warm up does not stop after movement prep. So next is warm up sets, and they are not needed for many lifts depending on the intensity. But for most compound movements like a squat, a deadlift, bench press, overhead press, and any variation of those big, large compound movements, even like a hip thrust, those will likely require warm-up sets before you begin your working sets. And this just adds intentionality to the program itself so that you get the most out of the working sets. You get what you're supposed to get out of those working sets. Warm-up sets, much like movement prep, are meant to prime and prepare the body for the heavier working sets ahead. This primes the muscles and the central nervous system. Your warm-up sets are going to be at a lighter load and likely a lighter volume than your working sets. Again, if your working sets are at a light enough load that it doesn't require a warm-up, you are absolutely free to just jump right in. But I typically encourage even just a single warm-up set with an empty barbell before you go into your working sets if they are at you know, a really low load, like 60% or something like that. If you happen to perform a set that is supposed to be a working set, whether it is a main exercise or an accessory exercise, and you were not challenged, by the way, I would consider this a warm-up set, and then I would encourage you to increase your load and start your working sets from there. But of course, that depends on the Um, scheduled RPE or rate of perceived exertion or the percentage, whatever your coach has given you, uh, that's most important that you're hitting whatever that load prescription is supposed to be. As far as sets and reps go, your warm-up sets can be the same or different rep ranges than your working sets. I leave this quite open for my clients. If they are working at reps of eight for their working set, I don't expect their warm-up sets to be that, you know, 
three to five reps at a few different ascending loads is absolutely fine. That will ultimately be up to your coach or yourself to determine, but also the higher your training age, the more you will know when you feel prepared and warmed up for your working sets. And you will, you know, maybe perform three reps and be like, wow, I need to do a few more of those. So that's why I leave that quite open-ended. It depends on quite a few factors. Once your warm-up sets are done, you move into your working sets. Your working sets are your scheduled sets and reps more often than not. So this is where you will have a percentage, an RPE, or a load that is actually prescribed for you for the intensity. There's not much to be said here. The intent is definitely to push your working sets, whether whatever the stimulus your training program is after. That's what we're trying to hit. So that might be work capacity, that might be hypertrophy, that might be strength or a combination of those. Ultimately, we have used the warm-up sets to get us to the proper load to be used for the working sets so that we feel good in those. Once we finish our working sets, we can do something called a back-off set. And this is not limited to main lifts, but I've mentioned these on other podcast episodes before as a way to kind of spice up your strength and hypertrophy training. I am a huge, 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 huge fan of back-off sets. I use them all the time with my clients, especially if the working sets are at a very low volume and high load. Back off sets can be a really fun way to give you a bit of that higher volume pump that you won't get from that low volume working set. It's a way to keep a bit of hypertrophy training within maybe that more maximal strength training. We can marry these two things and get the benefits of both of them when we use back off sets. There's really no limit here on sets or reps, but the purpose is often to just get more volume in at a slightly lower intensity, so a lower load, to fatigue whatever muscle or movement pattern we are working. And I said that this is not limited to main sets. Um, I would say that it is most often used with a compound movement of some kind, meaning multi-joint, multi-muscle group. After back-off sets, well, really just after the entire... Uh, workout is done, we can enter a cool down. Not every program needs, requires, or includes a cool down, but it is certainly something that can help bring your body from a highly sympathetic state into a more parasympathetic state after you've left, after you're done with your training. There is little research that I'm aware of suggesting that any static stretching decreases, actually decreases DOMS or muscle soreness or muscle damage or improves actual recovery time, but it can be a nice transition back into your day. And like I said, to get your body to relax a bit after having turned up the volume for your training session. So hopefully that makes sense. Those are kind of the broad stroke pieces of any given lift or lifting session. If you loved this episode, please head over to iTunes and give the show five stars, leave a written review. It's not limited to iTunes, so Spotify, wherever you listen at, if it's possible, give the show some love. I much appreciate it. If you're not on my main mailing list, make sure that you are because there are podcast listener discounts at the bottom of every email. You can check that out in the show notes or go to anniemiller.co slash news. Also, I am opening peer programming. It opened on September 21st, so be sure to uh, be on the wait list. Look for it on Instagram if you are at all interested in learning more about this stuff. Until next time, I am Annie Miller, and thank you so much for listening to the Fitz Pro Podcast. Mm-hmm.